My name is Erin Kenny. I am a registered dietitian, holistic cannabis practitioner, and master of nutrition science. Welcome to my podcast, Nutrition Rewired, where I share cutting-edge, practical advice to improve your health and debunk myths to help you rewire the way you think about nutrition and wellness. Today's episode is going to be about histamine intolerance. So I have a lot of patients who complain of allergy-like symptoms, things like sneezing, itchy eyes, dizziness, and some even more severe symptoms like having irregular heartbeats, feeling like you are going to pass out, having ringing in your ears, and oftentimes they are thinking environmental allergies as the root cause. But today, I'm going to be talking about some more complex reasons why you might be having these symptoms. I'm going to tell you why antihistamines might be making things worse, the tests that you can do to find the root cause, and some evidence-based strategies to support your body if you're struggling. As a little teaser, I am currently sipping on my nettle tea, which is one of my favorite strategies during allergy season, and it's just a really great way to support your gut as well. So let's dive right in. Histamine intolerance is defined as a condition caused by an imbalance between the histamine released from food and the ability of the organism to degrade that amount. Now, the histamine release can be from food, but it can also be due to other environmental triggers. So we all naturally produce histamine along with an enzyme called enzyme diamine oxidase. So we're going to abbreviate that as DAO. So that enzyme that is supposed to break down histamine is called DAO. And we also produce histamine N-methyltransferase, which these are both responsible for breaking down histamine that you take in from food. So histamine is produced by several different immune cells, primarily the mast cells, which we find primarily in the skin, but also your lungs and your digestive tract. And they can lead to these different symptoms throughout the body when you have these reactions of histamine buildup. Also, DAO deficiency, so that enzyme deficiency, if you're unable to break down histamine, then you could actually develop an intolerance. So that's where the term histamine intolerance comes from. So what are the other symptoms? So headaches and migraines, nasal congestion, sinus issues, fatigue, hives, digestive issues. We see irregular menstrual cycle, nausea, vomiting. And then in more severe cases, we see abdominal cramping. We see tissue swelling, high blood pressure, irregular heart rate, anxiety, difficulty regulating body temperature. And we even see these pretty extreme bouts of dizziness. So I remember when I was in my healing journey and I was up at school at the University of New Hampshire and I was dealing with horrible gut issues, hormone imbalance, and for the first time in my life, I developed these seasonal allergies. And I remember one day I was walking to class and I just got this intense episode of dizziness where it felt like everything in front of me just flipped on its side. So these symptoms can be very concerning and scary, but understanding some of the things that you can do and what some of the root causes are can be incredibly beneficial. So we're going to start with the connection between histamine intolerance and the digestive system. So having both gut health issues and histamine intolerance is incredibly common. I see it in my practice all the time. 
gut health issues, things like leaky gut syndrome, certain gut infections, as well as inflammatory bowel disease can all trigger histamine intolerance. So if you have both of these gut health issues and these histamine symptoms, high histamine symptoms, then that's that's a pretty big clue that this could be something that we want to start with maybe doing a stool test or, of course, meeting with a dietitian to see if you know some of the dietary things you're doing are really harming your gut health. Then we also see this with bacterial overgrowth. So in a stool test, for example, I'll be looking for an imbalance of you know, the, the beneficial bacteria and the opportunistic bacteria. And when we have bacterial overgrowth, this often occurs when food is not being digested properly, which can actually cause this histamine overproduction in the body and the normal levels of DAO, that enzyme, can't break down the increased levels of histamine in the body causing a reaction. And there's research has shown that there's actually certain types of bacteria that are histamine releasers. So the bacteria that they've seen in the research include the bacterioidetes, the clostridium, the bifidobacterium, the fusiobacterium, and the lactobacillus. And then there's certain infections such as E. coli, salmonella, which have also been shown to increase the amount of histamine that we release. I was also on a call last week with a physician uh, reviewing one of my patients' uh, GI map results, the stool test results, and she also mentioned Morganella as being a major histamine releaser in the gut. In addition to that, having Candida, H. pylori, and small intestinal bacterial overgrowth can all make histamine intolerance much worse. Intestinal inflammation and gut infections can also contribute to the decreased amount of the DAO enzyme, which, as we know, again, is responsible for breaking down histamine. And the DAO enzymes are very important for preventing histamine intolerance and its symptoms. And past studies have found that low DAO enzyme levels and histamine intolerance may be associated with inflammatory bowel disease and leaky gut syndrome. So it's kind of one of those chicken or the egg types of situations. Did the intolerance of the histamine or histamine overload make it worse? Was it a trigger for these um, types of conditions or vice versa? But either way, research does point to an association. And then we have this hormone histamine connection. So if you have hormone imbalance, you are likely going to have histamine intolerance symptoms. Maybe you have headaches during ovulation, maybe you're going through menopause and you're noticing that you all of a sudden have a lot of these allergy type symptoms. And this is based on the research that we have where women are actually more likely to develop histamine intolerance during menopause because both estrogen and progesterone drop during this time. Higher levels of DAO, so remember that enzyme that breaks down histamine, have been measured during the luteal phase compared to the follicular phase. High levels of histamine metabolites in the urine during the ovulatory phase could be related to the effects of the oestrogens. So this is, you know, this is a really important part of the conversation. So we, we've already talked about gut health. We now know that hormones play a huge role. Research has even shown that women have mast cells in the uterus, and research, research suggests that histamine may even play a role in ovulation and pregnancy. So your hormones have to be imbalanced, your gut has to be imbalanced. Then we also have this discussion on stress. Chronic stress can absolutely contribute to both histamine intolerance, gut health issues, 
and hormone imbalance. And prolonged emotional stress can increase symptoms of small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. They're going to cause digestive discomfort, and they will also directly stimulate mast cell production. So you might have really great hormone balance. You might have no gut issues, but if your stress is not in balance, this can really, really impact your overall health. And then there's the genetic component. So one of the main causes of histamine intolerance is the decreased production of that enzyme, that DAO enzyme in the body. There's five different SNPs that we have that actually are genetically based that can cause the decreased production of the DAO and lead to an increased risk of histamine intolerance. So there's multiple different factors. In my practice, I often find that some of the main causes of the intolerance is due to hormone imbalance and gut issues and maybe couple on stress because I'm pretty sure I've never worked with a client who doesn't have at least some level of stress. But then again, want to check out this genetic co- component as well. There are certain medications that I wanted to mention here that actually block that DAO enzyme, and they are very common over the counter medications ibuprofen, Advil, Motrin, aspirin, uh, diclofenac, also known as Voltaren, and then we have Indomethacin, and also known as Indokin. Uh, could be pronouncing those wrong, just found these on the internet, but I think we're all familiar with the ibuprofen and the aspirin. These medications, if you're taking them on a daily basis, not only are they really tough on the gut, the liver, the kidneys, but they actually will increase your risk of these histamine intolerance symptoms. So trying to find other alternatives to manage um, pain rather than these over-the-counter remedies. So then we have the conversation about food. So there's certain foods, there's a pretty long list of them. If you were to Google high histamine foods, it's a little disheartening. (laughs) If you were to imagine yourself following a high histamine diet, these histamine rich foods in company alcohol and other fermented beverages, including things like kombucha, dairy products, dried fruits, avocados, my absolute favorite, eggplant, spinach, processed smoked meats, shellfish, aged cheeses. And then there's another class of foods that are not necessarily high in histamine, but they actually trigger histamine release in the body. Bananas, tomatoes, wheat germ, beans, papaya, chocolate, another one of my favorites, citrus fruits, nuts, especially walnuts, cashews, and peanuts, food dyes, and additives. And then there's a third group of, of uh, foods that actually block the DAO production, and that includes alcohol, black tea, uh, mate tea, green tea, and energy drinks. So especially during allergy season, these are foods that I do try to have my clients limit. I don't have my clients go on a strict low histamine diet. I've never seen that uh, help with hormone balance and gut health. It can actually cause disruptions in other systems of the body, we will typically do a modified version. So if they're having a smoothie in the morning with banana and spinach and nuts, we might make some swaps to do different types of fruit and maybe a different type of green and maybe doing some coconut oil, for example, as their form or coconut milk as their form of fat in the smoothie. So the the high histamine foods, the histamine releasing foods, and then the 
blocking of the DAO enzyme food. So we went through those. Alcohol, as you see, shows up on every list. It's one of the worst things for people with histamine intolerance symptoms. It's also not good for gut health and hormone balance, which is probably no surprise to anyone here, especially if you've been listening to my podcast for a while. But what are some foods that are low in histamine? Fresh meats, freshly caught fish, non-citrus fruits, eggs, gluten-free grains like quinoa, rice, oats, dairy substitutes like coconut milk, fresh vegetables except for those tomatoes, avocados, spinach, and eggplant, and then cooking oils like olive oil, coconut oil, avocado oil. So as you can see, there are definitely some really nutritious, great options in the low histamine food group. And maybe it's just about looking at your histamine load. So if you're doing things like canned tuna and spinach and lots of nuts, then you might just be overdoing it and you might need to kind of adjust your diet to find a little bit more balance. Or for some people, depending on the root cause, a low histamine diet or lower histamine diet might be a way to manage your symptoms. For a lot of my clients, this is something we might just do around allergy season if their allergies are really bad we would reduce the amount of high histamine foods to just help with symptom management. Now, before reaching a diagnosis, there are some other things that your doctor might incorporate, like an elimination diet, um, which requires you to remove high histamine foods and then slowly reintroduce them. They might also do a blood sample to analyze to see if you have a DAO deficiency. They might do a skin prick test. There's some good research on the efficacy of this. However, the body's um, allergic response to certain allergies on the skin might be different than a blood allergy test. So there are some nuances to this, just like any other test, but something important to mention. In my practice, I like to do a combination of stool testing, maybe breath testing for SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth based on the symptoms. We also want to look at hormone balance, see if my clients are estrogen dominant or low progesterone. We're looking at blood testing like vitamin D to make sure that we do have a healthy immune response, things like white blood cell count, iron. All of those things are really important to make sure that we are addressing the root cause. So if someone has SIBO or leaky gut or candida or estrogen dominance, then my first route is not going to be to put them on a low histamine diet. We're going to really address the root cause and not restrict their diet significantly unless it's solely for management of symptoms to help that patient be comfortable. But it's really important to note that histamine intolerance is not something you should self-diagnose. Symptoms can be similar to other allergens, disorders, and infections. So if you really do think you have an intolerance or you are experiencing irregular symptoms, it's important to speak with a medical professional. So let's dive into some of the natural remedies. The first one is the importance of consuming adequate fiber. So fiber not only supports the diversity and the richness of the gut microbiome, which is really important for a healthy immune response, but it's also associated with managing estrogen levels because we do excrete estrogen in the stool. So if you're not moving your bowels every day, then you could have these excess estrogen symptoms for that reason. Research shows that fiber may also play a role in mast cell activation. So 
adding foods that are rich in fiber, things like chia seed and flax seed and those whole grains, uh, fruits and vegetables. I have tons of recipes for fiber-rich meals and snack ideas in my gut healing cookbooks at nutritionrewired.com. But aiming to get around 25 to 35 grams of fiber per day, men need more than women. And if you increase fiber and start to feel worse, then that's something that as a client of mine, we'd look at a little bit deeper. Maybe there's some SIBO, some overgrowth going on, um, and be sure to drink plenty of water in addition to increasing your fiber intake. Vitamin B6 may be helpful for hormone balance, especially if you are also histamine intolerant. Research shows that it may be helpful to increase DAO enzyme production. Food sources of vitamin B6 include fish, potatoes, chicken, and beef liver. So making sure that you're getting those foods in the diet if you prefer a food-first mentality. And then we have vitamin C in supplement form, which may help to increase progesterone levels, which help to counter the effect of estrogen. In my practice, I like to use a whole food vitamin C, not ascorbic acid. Nettle tea is really great. I mentioned I was sipping on that right now. Nettle tea is great. It contains quercetin, which helps to stabilize mast cells. I always drink this during allergy season, and the benefits extend far beyond to gut health and hormone balance. So not just good for histamine, but all of those other things as well. Some other supplements that contain bromelain and N-acetylcysteine have been shown promising results in research, but I honestly haven't seen life-changing impacts in my practice. I've really seen the biggest change when we work to address root causes, which in most of the cases that I work with, with histamine intolerance, we're seeing a lot of gut and hormone and lifestyle change that should be addressed. Now, despite the promising results, studies dealing with DAO supplementation, so taking a DAO exogenous supplement, which you would think would be really great, right? If you are lacking in this enzyme or you have high histamine, taking extra of the enzyme would help to break it down. But a lot of the studies conducted investigated only a small sample of patients, and it's really therefore necessary to confirm the clinical significance of supplementation of DAO by a more robust and well-designed clinical trial. I have had some clients who have used uh, porcine kidney extract and seen some results with that, with histamine intolerance. So that is something that my clients have access to via full script. But again, these are all different things that can help manage symptoms. They kind of address different root causes, but at the end of the day, we still want to get to the root cause. And then you have antihistamines, which a lot of people will take for seasonal allergies, but also for just these general symptoms of histamine intolerance because they have the stuffy nose or the itchy eyes all year round and they're thinking, okay, well, it must be allergies. So they'll take these antihistamines like Benadryl and they do come with some side effects, right? So you might find that you're a little bit more constipated on them. These medications actually block the effects of acetylcholine which is a chemical that helps the muscles move. They also have been shown to cross the blood-brain barrier and increase your appetite. 
and they can also cause the typical symptoms that you expect from a you know, medication like Benadryl, such as drowsiness and feeling tired, which does not make for a very productive and energized day. So we're trying to look for the root cause here so that we don't have to rely on these medications long term, but in certain cases they can be very beneficial for managing symptoms. So if you have any experience with histamine intolerance or have questions, please feel free to send me a message on Instagram at Nutrition Rewired. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're interested in applying for my group coaching program next month, it starts next week. I can't believe it's almost October. You can apply at nutritionrewired.com. I'm not taking any more one-on-one clients next month, so this is your chance to get highly personalized coaching before the new year. I was just on a discovery call, and we talked about how it's much more fun to get ahead of the game, the, the new year's rush of goal setting. And yeah, you can go sign up there where you can also find my gut healing cookbooks at nutritionrewired.com. So please share this episode with anyone that you think could benefit. And thank you for sharing the health.